Hey everybody, it's Jake and I am alone in the basement. Today we're going to be talking to Swilly O'Brien, uh, mostly known for his work in Top Rope out of uh, New Bedford, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm really excited for this one. This is a dude who I think doesn't get enough credit, uh, you know, in the local New England indie scene. Uh, really talented worker, a guy who's who stuff, as I was saying, you know, I really enjoy. So uh, I think this is going to be a good one. And uh, I always like to get insight from people like this who I feel like don't get their due. So... It's pretty much over the intro. You know the deal by now. Uh, stick through the ad, and then on the way back, we're going to be talking to Swilly O'Brien. All right, everybody, we are back, and we are with Swilly O'Brien. Again, man, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no no problem, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, still pretty weird that uh, people want to talk to me about wrestling. <laughs> uh, so I'm, ex I'm excited. <laughs> As I was saying in the intro, and I'm sure I'm going to get into it later, I just think you're an incredibly underrated dude. I think you're a fantastic wrestler who doesn't necessarily oh. get the credit that's due to him well man hey <laughs> i don't think i've ever heard that before but uh i really I appreciate you saying that and i uh yeah that's kind of stumped stumped me there with that one but no man that, that that's awesome and i thank you for saying that no problem man uh we're gonna start off with the routine generic basic question you've probably been asked a thousand fucking times uh how did you get into wrestling but do you remember if there was, like, any specific moments or angles that you knew hooked you as a fan? So, when I was a kid, um, my father works for, uh, he works for Lazy Boy, and he would, like, do this night route where around, like, he'd leave the house around 7, get back around 11. So, my Nana lived on second floor, and it was every Monday um, he would do that route. My mom would go up with him for the drive because that was, like, his second job, so he was just to make sure he was fine and stayed awake my nana would come down and watch me and my brother and i honestly think that my nana put wrestling on I, I, at the time i was probably like five or six but it became like a weekly tradition where we watched monday night raw and it, it it's actually pretty funny because uh before she passed a couple years ago she i went by her house and she was like sean you'll never believe it that wrestling program came on and I, I, I haven't been up this late in so long, so I had to stay up and watch the whole thing. And this was like my 78-year-old Nana, like, just like powering through to watch like an episode of Raw in like 2000. God, I can't even remember what year she passed, but now I sound awful. But yeah, no, it was definitely my Nana. She was, uh, watching it with her just became a tradition that I loved and I looked forward to every Monday. But I think the thing that really hooked me had to be in uh, 96, when Shawn Michaels super kicked uh, Big Daddy Cool Diesel out oh, and won yep. the Rumble again, that I was a big Shawn Michaels fan, and I still am. Like, that's like what I watch most of the time. If I'm <laughs> watching wrestling, I'll watch him, which I'm nothing like him at all. But uh, yeah, I, I just loved him. But that moment, I remember just being so uh, so excited, and, like couldn't believe it, so shocked, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I remember in the 95 Rumble, I hated Sean. I hated him so much. And then oh, I loved him. They, well, they got me with that Rumble because it totally worked. By the end, I was cheering for him, and yeah, I, I yeah. didn't expect it. So that was that was a you know a great time they, when they were telling wonderful stories. I almost feel like it's not the same now. Yeah, no, and I I I loved uh, and I still love Shawn Michaels' gear and like his like his swagger yep. and, like his entrance to me as a kid i was like i was the shyest kid in the world i was the i'm still still super shy which i feel like sometimes people mistake for uh me being like arrogant or like kind of an ass but i'm just like can be pretty quiet at first so it, for me to like him it was like we were just polar opposites but I, yeah Loves Shawn michaels in that moment uh, he is one of the greatest american workers of all time it's it's Hard to think of, you know, like three or four people that could top him. The only instant yeah, I, ones I can think of are maybe Brett and Taker. And still, those those three can be in any order for anyone. Yeah, I was, I was talking to a couple friends yesterday and that the Brett and Michaels came up. But for me, it's always Michaels. I don't know. It's just my... Just, just my guy. <laughs> uh, you mentioned your Nana and, you know, that's how you got into wrestling. Uh since Top Rope has been around forever, did your Nana go to any Top Rope shows? <laughs> so, no, but my auntie Colleen actually used to bring me to uh, Yankee Pro Wrestling, which okay. was at, um, which was 
top rope before top rope and it was uh honestly it's probably about a mile away from where i live they used to wrestle at this flea market and uh, i i just remember being a kid always going with my auntie colleen so which was the opposite side of my family that was my mom's sister so it's, it's always kind of been it's always kind of been around in my family like watching it and stuff like that but i do remember going to so many Yankee Pro shows and Top Rope shows and the Fall River PAL as a kid and doing the fucking... Oh, sorry. Can I swear? Oh, yeah. I say, I say fuck constantly. <laughs> okay. And doing, like, the DX suck it to all the wrestlers. And <laughs> actually, a few years later, uh, Brickhouse Baker ended up being my um, Pony League... One of my Pony League baseball coaches. And I played with his son, David, who was also a wrestler. But, yeah, and I came across this box at my grandpa's house of all these photos. And... I just had, I don't know, my aunt took all these photos of all the Yankee Pro shows and all the top rope shows, so it was pretty cool. I brought it to one of the Spindle City Rumbles a couple of years ago, and some of the guys that had been around for a while got to like sift through and see photos of them, whether it was themselves or buddies of theirs, but yeah. That's crazy. I know that you know they've been promoting since the 80s, so I'm pretty positive that my parents probably went to shows before they moved out to New York, so it's just... It's it's crazy how long they've been going. Yeah, that's one thing that um they always like like that they're proud of. It's one of the longest running promotions in uh, New England. So and they definitely pretty, should be proud of it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm happy to be a part of the team. <laughs> now, uh, were you mostly just a WWF kid growing up, or did you watch WCW at all? Uh, of course, I dabbled back and forth, um, but I was WWF. I, I always preferred WWF, but the NWO obviously sucked me in <laughs> yeah. because of the the attitude, like their their attitude and their like the arrogance and stuff like that. Like I just loved cocky cocky <laughs> heels and people like that growing up, and and I loved basketball. I was I'm still a big <laughs> basketball fan, so just like seeing Dennis Rodman, yep. and like Carl Malone, I was like I had to watch. Yeah, that, that was that I was to, some of the coolest that. stuff. Yeah, and I mean it's cool that I just watched the MJ documentary and they went back into that because I was young during that series and like the '96 basketball series, so I knew he was on Nitro, but I didn't understand like as a like how I do now how a basketball player. I, I guess I didn't understand how he was allowed to do it, right? And like, but now, now I mean, I I, I can't believe Phil Jackson allowed him to do it with no. <laughs> No, nothing, no, no big deal. It was like they just kind of shit on him at the next practice, calling him Rodzilla and this and that. And then he still went out and fucking shut it down on Carmelone and said, I don't know. And anyway, I'm going off on a tangent of no, it's it's true though. It, wrestling. It's crazy how a lot of that stuff happened, and I still don't know how a lot of that stuff happened. It was just, you know, I feel like wrestling, you know, for a lot of the people in it is right place, right time. But maybe it's the same thing for people outside of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big Patriots fan. I know Bill Belichick wouldn't have let him play in the finals if he uh, if he went. Oh no, to I, Nitro instead of practice. Like I could, ima- I couldn't imagine Gronk being like, "Hey, you know, since it's yeah, the yeah, Pro Bowl yeah. week, do you mind if I go wrestle?" Yeah, exactly. Well, I, maybe it seems like the Buccaneers don't mind, but I'm still bitter. <laughs> All right, we can move forward. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so what was it that made you say, all right, I want to be a wrestler? So obviously as a kid, I think everybody just wanted – all my friends, we all wanted to be wrestlers. Yep. Me and my brother would wrestle in our basement. We had a couple queen-size mattresses. You know, like every kid, we, you'd get the WWF volume whatever entrance music, <laughs> put it in your CD player, walk down your basement stairs and beat the shit out of each other. Um so, but as, yeah, as a young kid, I wanted to do that. I would come down to Shawn Michaels' intro, which I was like a very short, stocky, chubby kid, not not a sexy boy. <laughs> but I don't know. I, got, I guess just as a kid, that's what you want to do. You look up to the things. You want to be what you're interested in at the time. So that was a big thing for me growing up until I found music. And then... Around high school, the only thing I cared about was starting a band and going on tour because my cousin Trevor is in uh, a Wilhelm Scream, and they're like a pretty prominent punk band. Yep. So I would 
go to family gatherings and he wouldn't be there because he was, he was in Germany or he was in California or he was in Russia. And to me, that was just like the coolest thing in the world. So from 10th grade on, that's all I wanted to do. And that's so wrestling kind of at that age too. It, it wasn't even a thought in my mind. I didn't think I could actually pursue it. All I cared about was being in a band, touring, that stuff. <laughs> Which, I mean, I, I totally get. And, I mean, you mentioned, you know, being a kid and, and going down the basement and beating the shit out of each other. Uh, I feel like that's also, I mean, I feel like every kid did it who watched wrestling. But I feel like since yeah. New, New Bedford is such a wrestling town, it might be more prominent. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, well, I was going to say, I really don't. I don't remember having too many friends that I went to school with that went to, like, the Yankee Pro shows. I, I had a buddy, Blake, that I would bring along. But other than that, really, like, I didn't really, you know, when you're you're a kid, you don't really talk about liking wrestling. You go through that quick period where you're, like, <laughs> you kind of, I don't know, you, you, you seem ashamed to be a wrestling fan, which is so stupid. And my, now I'm, like, that's so dumb. And I probably would have had more friends Right. That were wrestling fans if I just spoke up or wore my wore all the shirts that I would buy and keep at home. But uh Yeah, I don't really remember too many too many like kids my age really being into it. Oh, that's crazy. I remember like in elementary school I feel like everybody I don't need was to a fan. Off, oh sorry man. It's okay. Yeah, Go ahead. Elementary school, elementary school, Royal Rumbles on the playground. Yeah. We all talked about WrestleMania, we all watched Raw. Middle school, all of a sudden, you know, like, girls are introduced, and you're getting older, and you're, like, <laughs> trying not to get picked on, and everybody just stops talking about wrestling. <laughs> For I'm, me, at least, that's what happened. I was one of those ex exceptions, because, I mean, elementary school, I was super into it. Uh, middle school, I started yarding. So, that that was just who I was through high school. Oh, that's the one kid that backyard wrestles. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I would... <laughs> I would definitely do it, but just not really. I'm wrestling my pool and all that shit. Like, but New Bedford's a really big um, skateboarding community, so I had a all my friends skated. So that's kind of like another thing too, where I think a lot of them did like wrestling, but once they got a skateboard, yeah. it was like all they cared about was skateboarding. Uh, I just remember spending uh, a lot of 2006 and 2007 in New Bedford on Cove Street wrestling. So that's where a lot of my memories of it come from. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wonder if you know a uh, few of my friends that did a little backyard wrestling. I probably know some of them, at least. <laughs> Let me see. Uh, yeah. Keith, Keith Avila ring a bell? Or uh, maybe Ross Nunes? Oh, no, they don't. No, no. Because I, I heard about they, they had... They had Talked to me recently about their backyard promotion, but what was the name of it? I, I can't, I can't really, can't really think of it honestly. But it was a quick conversation uh, at the uh, bar I work at. All right, a handful of months ago. Uh, I mean, I've I've been open about it before, and I mean, he's going to be on the show next week. So I was uh, wrestling for Drew's last backyard promotion. Drew Cordero runs Beyond. Okay, and that was, uh, yeah, no, I know, I, I've met Drew and stuff, and I've been to Beyond and yeah. that in the past, and helped out setting up the ring and all that, uh, but I didn't know that was a New Bedford, he was doing that in New Bedford? Yeah, the, the last place that we did, and I'm pretty sure it might have been Top Rope Rings, because we were in Cove Street on New Bedford, right by the ocean, and it was in yeah. the Millican in this shitty warehouse, and you got led through wondering, like, where the fuck am I, and then... There's the door open and there's two rings and you're like, well, holy shit! <laughs> I was actually I was actually at that mill today getting breakfast because they like really renovated it and it's a really nice place on Cove I by the uh, Rodney French like over by the beach there. Yeah, and I, I had no clue. That's news to me. That's that's awesome. That's and crazy. I swear though, the last time I drove by, they tore down that side of the warehouse. Oh, maybe. Yeah, and I was they, all like, yeah, but I know like the Kilburn the Kilburn Mills is still up and running. Yeah, so okay. They might have. They might have ripped down some other stuff, but. I just remember because I was so excited uh, when I was with my wife. We were driving back from the Cape, and we stopped in New Bedford to get something to eat. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take her by where I used to wrestle. And then I drive by, and it's just fucking gone. And I'm all heartbroken. Oh, geez, geez. <laughs> <laughs> wow, 
that's yeah. I did. I didn't know though that Drew had a promotion here in New Bedford. For yeah. A bit. That's some of the, pretty cool. Some of the best times in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right, man. Um, so what made you, you know, choose the school you did, and how did it transition from music back to wanting to be a wrestler? So actually, it goes back to music. I. I've known Teddy, Teddy Goods, for yep. quite a while. I remember being in high school, seeing his band, Damaged Goods, play quite a bit. And uh, just seeing him around here and there, He seeing him at like New Wave Cafe shows, he would book. He was like a promoter of shows and different parties like that. Uh, maybe like six, seven years down the line, he's working at a bar that I would frequent in New Bedford, where actually Top Rope had a show. It was, uh, it was called uh, actually Hibernia. So they had a they had a top rope show there. I saw Teddy there again. We kind of linked back up. He started working at the poor farm where I work. Next thing you know, he's like, "Hey, I know you're not doing the band anymore. Uh, Lock up has an open tryout if you want to check it out." I should have gone the first time because it was about maybe three or four years ago. Well, yeah, maybe like three two years before I actually started training. He's like, "Check it out, check it out," and. I wanted to, but I, I just didn't build the courage to go. And then another one came up and another one. And finally, Ted was like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, we're at the gym. He goes, you check it out. If you like it, you like it. It's free. If not, you don't have to go back. I went. I'm pretty competitive. So I think I was competing with myself to push myself to go back because I really enjoyed the open tryout. I wasn't expecting to cut a promo right away that night. So that kind of threw me through a loop. But we did some grappling in-ring, which um, Brian and Nick like to do at the open tryout. So everyone knows, like, this shit fucking hurts. You're going to get hurt. <laughs> you have to have some grit and toughness to you. So, yeah, we got in there, shot around for like two or three minutes. And next thing you know, the following Monday comes up. And I'm like, ah, do I want to go back? I got in the car. My girlfriend was like, just get in the car and drive towards Fall River. If if you don't if you don't want to go, turn around. We I live 15 minutes away, which is amazing and I'm oh, pretty yeah. lucky. That's a huge especially plus. especially to go to the lockup, which I think is one of the best schools in all of the United States. Like I'm very lucky to train under Ryan and Nick Steele. So I drove to the PAL, parked, and I just went in and never stopped going back. So which is that it, was uh <laughs> go ahead, man. No, no, I was going to say, yeah, that, that was my, uh, me just pushing myself to fucking stop being such a shy, nervous person. <laughs> I mean, I can understand, though, because it's, it's intimidating the first time you look at a ring and go, all right, I'm going to get in there. It, it is. It's, yeah. it's, it's a nerve-wracking thing. And then, especially when you don't know a whole lot, I remember the first time of them, you know, showing me how to run ropes and I'm just so nervous that I'm going to trip and fall. And then someone from across the room is just going to laugh or make fun of me, which in your yeah. mind, you're thinking that, but you realize no one is going to do that. It's just all on you that you, you believe yeah. this is going to happen. I think my tryout, there was maybe like 15 people and maybe one person that was wrestling already prior. So we're all in the same boat. Like we all ran the ropes and Ryan just has you run it to see how you naturally run it first. And obviously I lift, do the whole John Cena leg lift and all that stuff. And then you, then you just learn how to run it the way he wants you to run it. And you just keep running it. And that shit hurts, man. Oh yeah. It's rope for the worst. Really, you, you build up a callus under, under your arm there, but yeah. I, and I feel like there's still a lot of people that don't, understand that it's mostly just metal cables with you know some plastic covering over it yeah yeah i mean that's yeah I, it's uh oh sorry I'm i just, tell everyone man i tell everyone like it's just not fake it no it fucking hurts and, and you really have to have some mental toughness and physical toughness to keep coming back there's no there's no faking getting slammed on your back this and that like there's no magic recipe to not feel pain. <laughs> oh, no. So. I mean, I've said it a million times. Yes, you know, outcomes can be predetermined. But nothing about yeah. pro wrestling is fake. It, it's... Yeah. I feel like we... 
a lot of wrestlers just have to be crazy because we're, you're literally putting yourself in a position where you're getting hurt for the pleasure of other people. And it's, yeah. just, it's a crazy thing to think about if you sit back and go, wait a second, I'm getting the shit kicked out of me so other people can be happy about it. Like, it's it's yeah, like, what the fuck am I doing? It, it, it's, it, it is. It's, it's crazy. My dad asks me all the time, like, why do you, why, why do, you do it? And I, I, I like doing it. I don't know. I enjoy it. But one thing I like is that Nick and Ryan make you respect the sport. And right from the start, they make you respect being in the ring and have and they make you res- just respect being there like everybody wants to be there not everyone can be there and they make sure the people that show up want to be there and continue to come back out of like just respecting everything that we go through and everything that we do yeah and i mean that's super important that you you know there is a respect and that you understand you know everything that's going on around you and sometimes people yeah. lose sight of that. And uh, you mentioned yeah. Ted. He's known out here my way, uh, mostly for his 2CW stuff, but I, I know well of who you're talking about. Yeah, he was actually, uh, I went to the beach with him yesterday, and he was talking a lot about the uh, 2CW stuff, which I, I actually never really knew about. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of cool to hear some of the stories and matches he had out there. Oh, yeah, I mean... I was just, I'm like a little bit on the outside of where 2CW normally ran. So if I wanted to see a 2CW show, I would usually have to like drive an hour. But they were like the big promotion for like central New York. And it was crazy. All the people they brought in and and all, and just the the ridiculous roster they had. It It was a very crazy promotion. And it took even a while for other promotions to like step up after they shut down. So... It was yeah. definitely a big deal around here. Yeah, no, it sounded like, like you just said, I, I had no, really no clue at the time because I was out of the loop, I guess, back then. Yeah. But it, it just sounded like an awesome roster and just, uh, he sounded like he had a really good time there. Well, I'm wondering or, you know, just assuming uh, when they run their, you know, their one more show type deal at the end of the year, he'll be there. Oh, yeah. Now, this is one I was wondering about. Uh, where does the name Swilly come from? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my my name is Sean William O'Brien. And as a kid, my, nan, um, my nana would and grandma would always call me Sean Willie. And it just eventually turned into Swilly. Okay. And it never left. And I remember trying to come up with something different something more serious but uh the first show one of the first shows i had people were chanting swilly because my friends all call me swilly it's just i don't know a nickname that kind of never left and i was like why why try to force something else down someone's throat if all my friends are calling me this already so uh, yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm with it i totally get it i feel like swilly o'brien is like a great wrestling name so the fact that it's also your shoot name is is the fucking greatest thing <laughs> yeah it's uh i don't know mayor mccheese didn't like it but uh i don't know yeah i i, I avoid the twitter stuff with that stuff but that was like a post it was like oh it's willie o'brien worst name in wrestling i don't understand how anyone can say that me. it's such a good fucking wrestling name <laughs> I, I don't know yeah it just kind of worked out that way well, uh, yeah. I'm with you. Fuck the haters. They could fuck off. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> now, uh, you've already mentioned some names like Ryan and Nick and Ted. Were there any other people that were really helpful to you while you were starting out? I would actually say um, my girlfriend's son, Jackson, he was probably the biggest reason I got into wrestling because we would bring him to go see Ted wrestle at the PAL and... Um, in New Bedford and this and that. And I just, and actually McCoy stadium, I, re, I remember seeing a big time wrestling event where Ted was on and we were watching it and we we're in the stadium and growing up, I went to all the Paw Sox games and just watching Ted come out through the, through the dugout in the tunnel and Jackson just being so amazed by it. I was like, damn, I got to do this. <laughs> so yeah, Jackson was a big, was a big push for me to try it. Cause I, I just thought it'd be so cool if he saw me wrestle. 
same with my girlfriend Megan. She would push me to just keep going to the tra- like keep going to training. Like just make sure you go. But I honestly can't thank um, Steve Ricard, Brian Drew, and Nick Steele who had passed away earlier this year. Yeah. Enough. They they're yeah they're they're the reason I'm here and Teddy and Brandon Webb those guys like and all the guys I trained with at the lockup. Because I, I think I train with, I train under the best in New England with some of the best. So yeah, definitely. And you know, rest in peace to Nick. He was a, uh, a big part of the New England wrestling scene, and there's always going to be a chunk missing without him. So yeah, it definitely really sucks. Happy, uh, I got, I got my ass kicked by him about <laughs> probably four times because early on in Spilly O'Brien career, it was I felt like I was either in the ring with Nick Steele or by his side and. I'm very grateful to have that time, and I wish I had more with him. Oh, I, I'm I totally understand. Very that. thankful to have the time. And uh, you know, you just mentioned your girlfriend and her son. I mean, all the time, you know, having the support from other wrestlers around you and, and friends is great. But to have that and to have your family behind you like that—that's like the greatest motivation you could have. Yeah, he, they go to all the shows, and uh, I always try to like pick them out in the crowd, and just. It's really cool. It's whether he's like extremely disappointed in me or super <laughs> proud. It's it's just cool to see his level of emotion go into it. Yeah, that, I mean that does have to be nuts to just look out from the ring and see them. That's gotta be great. Yeah, sometimes when I'm really getting my ass handed to me, <laughs> I feel bad when I see like the look of uh, distress on both their faces. But, yeah, I can <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple couple matches where it just things weren't really going in my favor at a certain point in the match, and I <laughs> felt, felt, felt awful. Well, I but mean, I pulled through. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the name of the business is you can't win them all, so. Yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, well, since you're using, you know, like your, your real name, but just, you know, like a nickname, and you didn't come in with like a like a character name or a gimmick name, was it like a difficult process in building your own character? And you, you mentioned your shyness. How hard was it when you first started wrestling in front of crowds? So I, after all these years of being in a band and performing, we, we traveled quite a bit. We played hundreds and hundreds of shows all like all across like the U S and we did a couple runs in Europe. I really, lost that fear of being in front of a crowd and I actually looked forward to it and that's what made me want to become like a wrestler I feel like I I have no I'm less shy in front of a bigger group of people than just like a one-on-one situation which doesn't sound right but I don't know I just kind of get a get a kick out of being in front of a, a group and trying to perform in whether it's music or or wrestling and then Sometimes I try to be funny and do stand up, <laughs> but not in front of a lot of people, just in front of my peers, and they don't really look forward to it. But I guess so. Going into it, I thought it would be like an easy transition, but it wasn't. It was actually hard as fuck, and it still is. And I still get the biggest butterflies in my stomach before every single match, whether it's a training match in front of a uh, hundred people or in front of like a couple hundred people at that I've been lucky enough to wrestle in front of at like a stadium show or here and there. But yeah, no, it, it's the shyness is still there. It's a different, it's a different shyness, I guess. Uh, wrestling's wrestling's snow joke. Yeah. It's mental and physical. So you got to be there on both ends when you're, when you're in the ring. But uh, the character, honestly, I try to, I try to just be myself. I'm not, I'm not a tough at like I'm not always like a tough guy like hardcore kid I like hardcore music I like punk music and that stuff so I think that was kind of just blended in naturally but I'm not like a fucking asshole at a show I'm not like a tough trying to start fights at shows so I don't want to be a tough guy wrestler if I if that sounds accurate I don't know if you've been to like like if you know what I mean by like hard going to like a hardcore show with and you see like the yeah, oh, kids yeah. always trying to start fights yeah. or they're like in crews and shit like that. That that was never me. I was I was there just because I liked music and playing playing shows and not 
I mean, don't get me wrong, I've gotten into fights and stuck up for friends, but it was never me looking for a fight. It was usually me, like, sticking up for my friends and this and that. So, yeah, I guess I'm still trying. The character is me in a nutshell. And just, you know, just trying to just trying to be myself in the ring and have people like me. I'm a pretty nice guy, and I like... I like wrestling, so that's my character. And, and <laughs> I, I feel like, like I like hardcore okay. music. And, and I feel like a lot of the best characters are, you know, just people who play themselves and just kind of amplify their best traits up a little bit. Those are ones like I really get into. So I, I, I respect that answer. And I mean, you mentioned going to shows and and seeing people who are dicks. Uh, this is my story that has to do with that. One of the last like punk hardcore shows i i went to when i was younger there was this one dude in the pit who was just being a gigantic asshole and i said to my buddy i'm gonna lariat that motherfucker and he's like no you're not i was like all right watch out so i got the end of the pit i got a running start i hurled it back fucking stan hansen style he moved and i caught the biggest guy in the pit like behind the neck and i just ducked the fuck out as fast as I could and he got up and was pissed and yelling like who fucking did that and I'm just like cowering in the background because I didn't want the smoke oh man yeah (laughs) yeah it's uh I've seen some shitty shit happen I think people people like to take advantage of people at those certain shows when they they know they have a group of friends behind them in the back so it's it's fucked up it's so stupid it is it shouldn't be allowed at that shit. Like mosh and whatever, that's cool. But if you're intentionally trying to hurt people, I was, I always fucking hated that. Yeah. And you know, if you, you speak out against that shit, while like speak out live while you're playing, next thing you know, you're they you're discredited. Y'all, you're not fucking, you're not a hardcore band. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah. But I still I, like the music. I like the message. I just hate people being assholes to be an asshole just to be one and i feel like that's a parallel between wrestling too because there's people like that in the wrestling business there's people like that in every single business and that's the problem with society yes you get a little bit of power and you get a little bit of fucking i don't know you take advantage of it and it's fucked up and everyone should just be nice to everyone and be respectful because nobody likes feeling insecure or like threatened in any aspect of life yeah i'm totally with you man that's that's pretty much how i look at it and you mentioned yeah. the, the earlier of uh you know you're more shy in a one-on-one than like a group setting i get that because i feel like you have to be more personal in like a one-on-one setting where if you're in a group you can be kind of more vague about things yeah man i'm the worst at fucking job interviews <laughs> luckily i'm i'm pretty good at keeping a job and once i have one my bosses usually like me but if i go to an interview i'm a nervous nervous wreck i had a hot topic interview as a kid and i bombed it <laughs> and it's crazy because at the time they their excuse was oh i just didn't really fit the look or the part for the job position but i know it was just because i wasn't i didn't speak up enough and i they thought i couldn't sell myself in the interview how could i sell a shirt meanwhile my band had an article in alternative press magazine during that period of time where i went for the interview oh, i think i was wearing a band shirt with like cut bands and i like cut jeans and bands on and i just knew i was like that was their nice way of putting putting it to me that i didn't get the job and i the guy that was the manager of the store he was in a band and he knew of my band so he knew i fit the part yeah but, yeah i'm really bad at job interviews i get really nervous Oh, and, I, and I tend to ramble like now. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing fine, man. You're doing fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, we'll go on into the next question, uh, which, I mean, you've mentioned a bunch of names so far, but has there, has there been anybody that you've really enjoyed working with? Um, so, like I said before, I'm very competitive. I look at wrestling as a sport. So every time I wrestle, I want to win, like like in anything in life. So there's no favorite person I'm, I'm getting in the ring with to lose to or to beat. <laughs> so I, I appreciate wrestling everybody because you learn something with every single person you wrestle. No matter what level they're at, you, you, you're in there and you're learning and you're competing. So I, 
favorites is a hard thing to say because then it just makes me discredit, I guess, my competitive aspect when it comes to wrestling. People I've wrestled, I've wrestled Channing Thomas a bunch, and I've learned a lot from wrestling him, and he's a really good athlete, and I look forward to competing against him. Uh, I guess I wrestled Chris Dickinson. I learned a lot from that. Oh, shit, yeah. And that was early on. (laughs) Yeah, that was early on. I would love to wrestle him again. I would love to compete against him again. Like I said, I wrestled Nick Steele, and I learned a real lot (laughs) in those four matches about having health insurance and going to the chiropractor (laughs) to have your jaw realigned after getting lariated week after week. And that's not a joke. That's like real. Like, uh, Ryan Waters was my first match and the nerves going into that. What like, that's the standard right there for me. That's my, one of my trainers. That's one of the best in new England. So obviously to compete against him in the ring, that was that. That was probably the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done in my life. Damn. It was in my hometown in New Bedford, in front of countless friends and <laughs> people that come to the bar I work at. This and that, and I, I, I wasn't ready for it, but I got through it, and hopefully, I get to uh, wrestle him again, especially soon, or. Because I feel like I'm coming into my own and I'm starting to become more comfortable wrestling and competing against some of the guys that are the best in the area. And I would like to prove myself, I guess. I mean, I totally That's get that. That's a very long-winded answer. Oh, no, it's fine. And it makes total sense, honestly. And I love how you mentioned uh, your stuff with Channing because I really like the ma- the matches you two have done together. That's some real solid work for both of you. And I mean, it's it's like you said, you you feel like you're hitting your stride, which means that the pandemic probably came at the worst fucking time ever. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because now I'm like questioning myself, going back to you know back to the drawing board. I've I'm just I just can't wait to get back. Honestly. Yeah, man. I mean. Massachusetts is luckily one of the states where the the numbers are kind of dropping. The it's being contained pretty well, so hopefully they'll start running shows again soon. I know New York already has, New Jersey was has run stuff already, so it it can only be a short matter of time before Mass opens up too. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I wanted to obviously, I don't want it to put anyone at risk just for my like selfish oh yeah sense of wanting to wrestle. But, uh, yeah, hopefully, man, like, we get through this in 2020. It was off to, I thought 2019 ended, and I think I made, like, an Instagram post being, like, looking, it was, like, looking forward to 2020. Like, <laughs> 2019's in the past, looking forward to 2020. I did not think it would be, like, the most fucked up year of my life. Right? Yeah, the, just the total but, punch in the dick that 2020 has been. Yeah, yeah, 2021, man, that's some, when you make, like, a New Year's resolution, 2021's going to be... That's that's like the best year ever right now. Looking forward to that one. <laughs> All right, uh, but this is the uh, the last wrestling related question I have for you, and it's how would you describe the New England indie scene, and where do you see yourself in it? Well, I mean, just looking at like the track record of the guys in like some top positions, and if you look at like the top row pro list of champions it's it speaks for itself not just top rope but like all the schools around here all the different promotions there are so many like amazing talented wrestlers that come out of this area it, it's and i honestly i i don't know why like new england seems to be so prominent in professional wrestling maybe it's because of how like guys like ryan waters and nick Steele and teddy and uh nico silva and channing thomas and like the Ring of Honor dudes like Matt Taven, Vinny, TK, like they're just some solid ass wrestlers. So where do I see myself? <laughs> way down at the bottom. Like I've got a long, long way to go. But that's what I look forward to is the challenge. Even in top rope, I consider myself very, very low on the list of guys in their ability and 
if that's what pushes me to continue training and wanting to get better and to prove to myself and others that I do belong wrestling amongst them. But yeah, if you just like, I can't think off. If you look at the Kowalski Cup, it's a tournament that's ran at top rope. Just the the names on that cup alone speak for itself. Oh yeah. But uh, also, I'm still very new to uh, professional wrestling. I haven't really gotten to branch out too much. So I, I make myself sound like such a homer, and I don't mean to. It's just I'm so – I know that I'm very inexperienced, and I know that I still have to get out there more. Two different promotions, and I'm looking forward to that. And I had a couple opportunities lined up, and I hope those opportunities are still on the table for when things are back. And I, I, and I really want to push to branch out more because you're only as good as, like – the person you're in the ring against. And if you wrestle the same guy every single day or the same group of guys for five years, you're not going to get better. Just like playing basketball or baseball or football or anything. You, know, you got you to gotta get out there and you got to compete and you have to find competition. So I'm not just, I'm not just a top rope guy. I want to, <laughs> but I do appreciate being at top rope. So I just feel like sometimes I do these things and I, I don't give anyone else much credit but that's just because i haven't gotten to experience that i guess i mean and that makes sense as you said you're, you're early in your career you're you're still in a, in a phase where you know you're getting your feet set before you can walk so yeah you, you got you just you stick to what you know at this point and, and that's just the people around you and yeah you you mentioned the, the new england indie scene and you know new england for wrestling that you're right it's just you know, since the 60s, it's just been a stronghold. And I feel like I spent a lot of 2019 focusing on the big Midwest indie boom that I wasn't really focusing on a lot of stuff here, you know, here in New York and over in New England. And then it's over this past few months where I've had nothing to do. I've, I've finally caught up. And, yeah. but, you know, besides Beyond, which is like one of the few that I, I you know, kept up with. And I was like, holy shit. Oh, yeah, Beyond's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, the New England indie scene is just as good as anywhere else. I just feel like there's, for such a small area, there's so many fucking promotions, it's hard to keep up with everything. <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of promotions. So that's why. I want to I I wanna wrestle at all of them. Yeah, and, you know what, man? I feel like you are, are more than ready to start branching out and going to new places, and I, I only see, you know, good things for you in the future, man. Appreciate that, and and definitely, you know, I, as you said, you got some stuff lined up. I or was I hope that sticks because you are you're a guy who I feel like you're you're solid in the ring. You got a good head on your shoulders, and obviously, you just want to succeed. And I feel like any promoter is going to want someone like that. Yeah, man. I, thank you for saying that. Appreciate like I, I appreciate that, and I don't believe that just yet. <laughs> But that's just because I want to. I want to get to a standard, and I don't want like to, you know, hear a couple nice things about me. And I'm not taking away from the nice things you're saying, but I just don't want it to like uh, dim the fire that I have. I guess to to be the best that I can. I can push myself to be. Oh yeah, I understand that, man. I mean, because you know, you never want to lose the drive, and you never want to get complacent. And this is yeah, a, yeah, yeah. What do they say? Drink the Kool Aid or some shit. Yeah, and, and this is a business where there's a lot of people who, you know, before they even move on to other promotions and branch out, or then in the business less than a year, they develop these crazy egos that you don't know where the fuck it came from. So to to kind yeah. of keep humble is is a very important thing. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. Are you are you ready for the ridiculous questions that have nothing to do with wrestling? Yes, I am. All right. <laughs> Uh, the first These one. These might be the easier ones. <laughs> they might. Uh, the first one's uh, pretty standard of the show. Grape or strawberry jelly? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a peanut butter guy. I think I heard that you hate peanut butter. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of peanut butter. I I'm surprised that yeah, one, that I, one I came up like again. <laughs> the ultimate chunky peanut butter okay. guy. I love chunky peanut butter. But I guess I, if I had to pick jelly, I guess I like strawberries. So, oh. strawberry jelly. Uh, I am a grape jelly gang for life, but you did just bring up a good point that I have not really mentioned. Uh, I do like crunchy peanut butter. I don't know if that's because I like peanuts, but if, if okay. uh, the you know the smooth, I'm, I'm not really into, but if there's crunchy, I'm, I'm more apt to, to be into that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Smooth to me is like a disappointment if I open the cabinet and it's there. I don't even <laughs> acknowledge it. On Well, that's not true, but 
I just choose not to. It's chunkier, chunkier, nothing for me, I guess. Yeah, and the extra chunk is fantastic. I'm, I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah, you put peanut, you can put peanut butter on anything, in my opinion. <laughs> Chunky peanut butter, that is. I and I've, I've done it. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. What is the worst airport you've ever visited? Um, all right. So I'd have to say Dublin, Ireland. Only because we were there on an 18-hour layover. Oh. And, you know, that stale airport air really, really fucks with you. But the craziest thing about that was while we were on that layover, the band Have Heart, who's from, my, from like, pretty much New Bedford, they also had a layover. So the odds of two New Bedford hardcore bands <laughs> crossing paths to me was just fucking mind-blowing. Yeah, but yeah, that layover sucks. Yeah, so. All right, uh, what yeah. was the worst food you tried in Europe? Oh, worst food. Um, hmm. This is kind of tough. I don't know how. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not like that picky. Oh. Not crazy picky with food. Well, I didn't know how far you made it into Europe, so I don't know if you like wound up oh, at. Oh, some... oh, I'm sorry. In in Europe, you said. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. Hmm. Let me think. <laughs> I remember we were in Moscow, Russia, and we were served. Oh boy. <laughs> it was just kind of like you were just given stuff, and I remember there just being this bowl of meat that just did not uh, like look appetizing at all and we were actually with like a, a band that was pretty prominent vegan members so i don't know i think it was like some mix of some type of intestine boiled so Ooh. but I'll, i usually try shit like I'll, I'll try that stuff at like the brazilian grills with like hearts and kidneys <laughs> and this and that but i i don't know i, I think at the time i was running on a diet of pretty much french baguettes and some vegetable spread because i was broke and it was a dollar at every gas station to try that so i just wasn't really trying to fuck with that all right i don't even know what it was called honestly but, <laughs> so, i'll have to ask masha <laughs> wait a minute who masha slamovich oh hmm i do know masha from is this actually i, I know masha from from europe Oh, uh, well, she's uh, an indie wrestler, too. Uh, and then I know... Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay. Yeah. I, I know who... Now I know who you're speaking okay. of. I thought for, like, some crazy reason you knew this oh, uh, woman that let us... Um, put us up at our hostel and was our tour guide for... I was like, wow, that's a fucking yeah. crazy Oh, that would have been world. fucking really <laughs> weird. Yeah, yeah. No, all right. All right. Fast forward. Next question. All right. <laughs> uh, cats or dogs? Oh, all right. So I have two cats that I really love a lot, but I recently just got a an American Bulldog puppy, oh. and I also love her, so I think I just love both equally. All right. Uh, pool or ocean? I, I love the ocean, so the ocean. All right. Uh, and I love waves. <laughs> and the last one, this the standard bearer of the show, what is the creepiest basement you've ever been in and why? <laughs> this is a good one. So <laughs> we're in uh, Fresno, California on tour with my band my band was called brain dance if anybody ever wanted to check it out uh so we stayed at we played this kind of youth center in fresno these guys came over and they're like yeah you can stay with us if you don't mind helping us get rid of a refrigerator oh, so this geez. is where it first started in my mind i'm like huh okay yeah no big deal and fresno is a pretty tough like tough area so you kind of want to find find some place to park the van with the music equipment and he was like yeah we have a gated a gated uh parking lot where we lock at night yeah you you help us get rid of this refrigerator no big deal we get in there the refrigerator is like up tape shut <laughs> and i thought to myself i'm like all right so it doesn't swing open and he un then he unplugs it from the wall and i was like hey man what's up with this is it broken or like he goes oh yeah it died on us but we didn't want to take out the food so we just duct taped it shut I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh my God. All this food was rot, like rotted in the refrigerator. Oh. Underneath, it was like cockroach city. Oh. So we finally just fucking, and we're on second floor. So we dump it down his deck, slides down the stairs. I'm thinking, fuck it. All right, let's go to bed. Like put my headphones in, fall asleep. He then escorts us to his basement and he says, hey, if you hear the bulkhead open, it's either a ghost or a local crackhead. Oh and 
I thought to myself, like, you gotta be fucking kidding. Like, first, we're in his shitty basement where the kitchen had cockroaches and stuff, oh. and I don't have to worry about a crackhead or a ghost. So, yeah, that one sticks out. I actually just went into the van and slept on the bench, but I... I I tried the I tried the basement, but it, yeah, that didn't fly. So yeah, it has to be that Fresno uh, crust punk house that I stayed in. Oh my god, I love how it's either a ghost or a crackhead. Like, yeah, how, yeah. how yeah, is neither of those up, a yeah. red flag? I don't know. Yeah, that was pretty wild. Oh, all right, man. Uh, thank you again so much for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, why don't you go on and throw out all your your social media stuff? Uh, if you got any merch or anything, just just chill. Just chill as hard as you can right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate you having me. Like I said, um, I, I still think it's weird people want to talk to me about wrestling. So, uh, But it's fun, and I enjoyed it, and I haven't really talked to too many people during this quarantine, so thank you very much. No problem. Huh? Uh, let's see, I think my Twitter is Swilly World. Swilly World. I think my Instagram is Swilly underscore world underscore wrestling. And I... I have a regular Facebook page. I don't really keep up with my wrestling one. But uh, unlike Little Me and Kathleen, <laughs> I don't mind you adding me on my regular page. It's Sean O'Brien. Just don't be weird, yeah, I guess. Yeah, or don't... don't steal any of my photos to create a Tinder account. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the guy that put out my old band's record. Ooh. But, Ouch. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, thanks again, man. Yeah, uh, no problem, man. Uh, you know, and I'd love to have you again down the road, you know, when, when things are running again and you can get back in the ring. Absolutely. Hopefully I can get out to your part and wrestle sometime. Yeah, man. Or you can come back to the the old stomping grounds in New Bedford and we can <laughs> set up a little backyard match in my uh, yard. Oh, man, I, I can't really do anything anymore because my knees are shot, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, man. Yeah, thanks again for having me. And actually, a quick shout out to the guys at the lockup. If uh, they're all great wrestlers, trained by a great trainer under a great owner, Steve Ricard. So I appreciate Ryan Waters and Steve and all the all the guys I train with. All right, man. I totally respect that. It, it is. It's a great school with some great dudes. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. Take Stay it safe. easy. Stay safe. Bye. Bye. All right, everybody, that was Swilly O'Brien. I uh, told you everywhere to follow him on social media. Please do. Um, you can find a lot of his matches on YouTube. Just search Swilly O'Brien. Uh, Top Rope has their own uh, YouTube page. I think it's under New England Sports Entertainment, but they're uploading stuff like crazy, you know, recent stuff, older stuff, and there's a lot of names who have come through that place. So go ahead and check it out. Uh, I'm a subscriber. You should, too. There's just... So many promotions in New England that you should be subscribed to on YouTube because there's just so much good stuff out there. And, you know, again, thank you to Swilly. He's the man, and I, I only hope that great things happen for him because he, he is he's a solid dude. Uh, you know where to find me on social media, uh, as always. You know, Facebook and Instagram, Alone in the Basement, Twitter, AITV Podcast. Uh, remember to give me five-star reviews on all your podcast platforms of your choice so that I can look good and stuff like that, uh, that I guess is important. Um, as always, thank you to my beautiful, wonderful wife, Shelby, for putting up with my crap, uh, which is, you know, more than the usual person has to. So she's a, she's a trooper with that. And uh, that's all I got. I will be back soon. I think tomorrow. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking at my calendar, but I'm pretty sure it's tomorrow. And that's all I got. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you later.